we're going to go through the last part of, of Nehemiah, um, looking through Nehemiah 12. And at the third service later, uh, Pastor Jeffrey is going to go through Nehemiah 13, which is the, the actual last, last chapter um, in the book of Nehemiah, the series that we're going through. And I find that it's very interesting that we are coming to the end of, of Nehemiah even as we are coming to the end of our fast and pray, right? It's, it's, it's not planned. Uh, uh, well, it's not planned by man, but it's indeed planned by God. And, and, it's, and it's amazing. So in, 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 the, in the chapter of Nehemiah 12, um, uh, what I'd like to, to bring up to us this morning is, is something that I've entitled Great Gratefulness. Because that's what the people of uh, Nehemiah, the people of Judah were, were doing. All right, when, the, when, the, uh, when the, the wall was being rebuilt. So if you look at, uh, through this, this passage, I'm not going to read the whole 40-plus uh, verses, but what I'm going to share this morning is, is just give you a brief summary, and I'm going to pick up a couple of verses as well. But even as we read through Nehemiah 12, all right, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you go to a cinema and cinemas nowadays are slowly opening up, right? So uh, you go to a cinema, you watch a movie, at the end of the movie, there is this whole list of people that have helped out in the movie. They could be the producers, the, the directors, uh, of course the actors and the actresses are the ones that are most prominent, that are most upfront, right? Uh, but there are so many other people, the, the makeup artists, the stunt doubles, uh, the tech crew, you know, there's so many people. And, and it's just a whole list of people. And in Nehemiah 12, that's exactly what is happening. It's, it's, a, it's a list of people. It's a list of, of uh, uh, groups of people. It's a list of, of families. It's a list of priests. It's a list of Levites that, that have helped in the rebuilding of the wall. And these are all the people of Judah. So that's what uh, gener uh, Nehemiah 12 is all about. Let me just read uh, a, a portion of that, uh, reading from verse 10 and 11. It goes like this. Joshua was the father of Joiakim, Joiakim, the father of Eliashib, Eliashib, the father of Joiada, Joiada, the father of Jonathan, and Jonathan, the father of Jadua. So, as I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this is a whole list of people, right? Uh, these are priests, these are Levites, which, which Levites are essentially the worship team, those in charge of worship. It's a list of families. It's a list of people that were involved in the rebuilding of that wall. And the first thing I'd like to highlight to all of us today is that the rebuilding of the wall is a thing of generations. It, is, it involves every generation, whether young or old. And, and the passage that I read just now, it is one generation to the next. It's about, it talks about the lineage, right? The, so it talks about the son and, and the, the, the son after that, right? So it talks about the lineage. Just uh, a couple of weeks back, I believe it's two weeks back, um, there was a prayer altar uh, uh, for the, the whole week, and the focus was on families. And all of us prayed for our families, we prayed for our children, we prayed for our children's children. And in fact, uh, I think it was on the 23rd of, of uh, August, what happened was there was a children's altar where the children essentially led us all in prayer. And even as we've experienced that, I just want to encourage all of us here that the rebuilding of the wall and the building of the church, the, re the, the building of the, the kingdom of God, it's not the job of one person or a small group of people, but it's 
the whole generations that will be involved. It's, it's a lot of people that will be involved in that. Amen? So that is something that uh, I want to highlight. Our God is indeed a God of generations, and He will bless those that love Him up to a thousand generations. And I want to bless all of you here and all of you at home as well, that the Lord is going to bless you and He's going to bless the generations after you as well. Amen. Uh, in Psalm 145, it says, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. So his, his blessings go from generation to generation. So I'd just like to share a, a story with, with all of you. So for, for those of you who may not know me, um, I come from a family that are all Christians. They're all believers in, in Jesus. Uh, so it goes all the way back to my ancestors. And even those of my family members that are around and, and alive today, all of them are believers. Uh, and, and I want to thank God for, for that. And, and you may be looking at that um, and you may be asking me, so what's so good about following Christ? What's so good about uh, having so many generations that are followers of Christ? Well, I am living proof of that blessing and my family is living proof of, of uh, all that blessing. So firstly, there is no divorce in my family at all. Um, there, is, there is no uh, people who have got any critical illness and there are no criminals in my family lineage. All right, uh, and definitely God has blessed all of us more than we can ask and, and imagine. And on top of that, many of my family members are in some form of full-time ministry. Uh, so like myself, I'm, I'm a pastor, but many others are, are involved in, in some kind of social work, some kind of full-time ministry. And the Lord has indeed blessed my family. Amen. So yeah, let's praise God. And I say that not to boast. And if I boast, I boast only in the Lord. Amen. But here's my point. At one point of time, way beyond uh, my ancestors, they decided, today, today I will follow Jesus Christ. And that is what has happened. And, and none of us have turned back. And then we can see all the blessing one by one, step by step. And here's my encouragement to all of us here and even those of us at home. You can make that decision. You can make that call even right now. That today, that right now, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And He will indeed bless you, not just for one generation or two generations, but up to a thousand generations. So I just want to highlight that, that the Lord is a Lord of generations. So that's the first thing that we see in, in this book. The next thing that we see is that the people of Judah were full of joy. They were full of rejoicing. They were full of gladness. They were full of thanksgiving as well. All right, so in Nehemiah 12, uh, let's read from verse 27. It says this, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. 
So they were, they were celebrating, they were rejoicing at the completion of the wall. Yes, they had a physical uh, representation because the wall that they set out to build had been completed. But I want to submit to you that on top of just the physical completion of the wall, what they had done is that they were celebrating because they had honoured and they had obeyed God. They chose to do something and they did it and, and they honoured God in the process. And I believe because of that, God was blessing them and they were rejoicing. They were full of gladness. They were full of joy. And that is something that, that uh, I want to encourage all of us. Even as we obey God uh, and what we do follows according to His heart, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Uh, we read that uh, in a couple of chapters before. But even as I, I read this, this verse, the joy of the Lord is, is our strength, I want to read this part uh, of, of the verse in context. It's taken from Nehemiah 8, verse 10 and 11. And it says this, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. So Nehemiah, in, in, the, in this chapter, in chapter 8, he said, Do not grieve. Do not grieve. He said it twice. So I think he wouldn't have said it twice if firstly, it's not important. He said, do not grieve twice. But I believe on top of that, other than it being important, was that the, the people of Judah were actually grieving. And, and if you read through the whole passage, there was a time of grieving. But right in between, it says the joy of the Lord is, is your strength. So it's, it's as if the, the, this, this feeling of joy and gladness and, and happiness is engulfed with, uh, with sorrow, with, with grieving. And you're asking me, is that possible? How is that possible? I, I thought, you know, the joy must be complete. But I want to submit to you this morning, this day, that actually it is, it is all intertwined. There is joy, but there is also grieving in the midst of joy. And I want to share a little story for how this uh, thing about joy and gladness was true for me in the midst of grieving, in the midst of sadness as well. And some of you may not know this, this story, uh, but I just shared this recently as well, even at our previous service. So about last year, middle of last year, uh, my wife and I found out that we, we, were, we were expecting uh, so, you know, we were overjoyed, we were thankful, uh, you know, we were praising God for, for all that He'd done in our life. But uh, somewhere along the line in that pregnancy, she started bleeding. And we went to the gynae and then we found out that she's going through a delayed uh, miscarriage, which means that, what it, what it means is that she's about to miscarry. So we went to the hospital. Uh, we, had, we actually had an appointment uh, in, in the hospital. So we were doing our work as normal. And we went to the appointment uh, at, a, at the appointed day. And we were there. And right then and there, my wife started to feel pain. And, and this is a government hospital. And government hospitals are great. They are well-equipped. But there is also a long queue, right? So what happened was when she started to feel pain, uh, I called one of the nurses and, and the nurses were like, are you okay? Then she's like, no, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. 
So what happened was the nurse rushed us all the way to the, to the operating theater, the, the emergency room, uh, and, and a procedure was done on her. And, and basically, because of that, we were able to skip the queue. And on top of all that, uh, these things happen. I mean, there are many cases of, of miscarriage and all that, but these things happen un unexpected, unannounced. But the fact is, it, this happened right at the point of our appointment. And beyond all that, I was right there with my wife uh, and able to, to accompany her all the way and, and just be, uh, hopefully, some kind of moral support uh, to her at that, that point of time. Amen. So I want to praise God for that. Even His timing was perfect, right? But more than that, um, so we did the procedure and, and she was warded and we expected to, to, to stay the night, you know, over there uh, in the hospital. But at night, one of the, the uh, doctors came in and, and she was doing her rounds, one of the, the gynees in charge. And as she did her rounds, she, she looked at my wife and she's like, have you done a scan? Have you done an ultrasound? And my wife was like, oh, not yet. Uh, then she's like, okay, let's, why don't you, you go ahead and do that ultrasound? So she did the ultrasound, found out that everything is clear, and she was given the green light to go home. So this whole process was completed in less than half a day, which is simply amazing. Uh, so we were back home. Of course, she's given MC to rest. Uh, we, were, we were at home. We were disappointed. We were devastated. But we were thankful to God that we were finally at home. And that's something to, to praise God uh, for. But on top of that, there is a little silver lining to all this. As we looked at the, the dates, the calendar dates, uh, we realized that the baby would, be, would have been due around uh, February or March, all right? Um, and, and at this point is exactly when MCO started. And for, for, for a young couple like us, uh, you know, our parents are, are not around with us and we're all locked down. Well, we found it hard and, and uh, well, we have enough financial uh, provision, don't worry about that, but we just learned to cook for ourselves, all right? We just learned to, to prepare our own meals. Uh, yeah, my wife has become a, a great chef during MCO, but imagine having to learn all that and, and having to even prepare for, for a young baby as well. That would have been extra tough, that would have caused uh, a lot of stress, which, which I, I think we may not have been able to manage. So I believe that God, that's God's way of saying, I have a plan, I have a purpose for all that you're going through. That even in the midst of this grieving, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of sadness, He is there to say, I'm right there and I will be your joy and your gladness. Amen. So that is something that, that I want to share uh, with all of you. In Psalms, it says this, Psalms 100 verse 1 and 2. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. You know, when we praise and worship God, it should not be coerced. It should not be uh, about what we've been through, about what has happened to us, but we should praise God and rejoice uh, out of a heart that comes full of gladness and rejoicing. The people of Judah were doing just that. They were rejoicing, they were glad, and they were doing it out of the fullness of their heart. You know, they, they were praising God, they were rejoicing, they were, they were jumping for joy, they were dancing because of that. And they worked hard to rebuild the wall, and then at the end of the day, they celebrated. 
Amen. So I'd like to highlight today, firstly, our God is a God of generations. Secondly, there is gladness, even as they did what they did, they completed the wall. But thirdly, there was also gratitude in their hearts. And I want to read just a couple of verses here, uh, Nehemiah 12, verse 31. It says this, I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right. The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. So the word thanks and thanksgiving, it occurs six times in this passage, in, in Nehemiah 12. It occurs six times. And if something is repeated that many times, that often, it is to show us how important, how, how, how yeah, uh, pivotal it is for us to give thanks, to, to be thankful, and to praise God for all uh, He's done. And as the people of Judah, they were walking, they were going step by step, they were going uh, place by place, they were going uh, position by position, and they were thanking God for His goodness in their life and for giving them that privilege to see the wall completely rebuilt. Amen? There is a quote that I'd like to show you on screen. It says this, Together, everyone achieves more. And the acronym spells TEAM, right? Um, so that's exactly what the, the people of Judah were experiencing. It was not just about one person or a small group of people, but together, everyone in Judah had, had achieved so much more uh, than they could ever have dreamed or imagined. You know, when, we, when the people of Judah built the wall, it's no longer about your part and my part. It's about all of us. Every single one of us has a part to play in the rebuilding of the wall. And for us here, in the building of the church and the building of the kingdom of God. So all of us has a part to play. You know, there is a saying by, by Pastor Chu, and I'd like to borrow it. He says this, don't just polish doorknobs, but have a vision of the house. All right, and what that means is, don't just focus on one small area. I mean, we're all given a task, we're all given a role, we're all given an area or even a, a, a ministry to serve in. But don't get so engrossed to the point that you only focus on that one little thing. But have a big picture, have a big vision of the house uh, of God and what God is doing in our house, in our church, and even in our nation. So that's something I want to encourage us, that all of us have a part to play. Whether big or small, we all have a part to play. In the same way, the people of Judah all had a part to play in the building of the, of the wall. And I want to show you this, this little diagram uh, up on screen. Uh, you can see it. Um, and and uh, why I like this diagram is, is well, there's a lot of colors. Uh, you can see all those colors there. Uh, it's not like the wall was, was multicolored or, or it, was, it, it had multicolors, but every family, every uh, group of priests, every group of Levites had a part to play in the wall. And, and if you can see, there is a little dotted line. So they all walked, one group went this way, and one group went the other way, all around the wall. And what I want to highlight today was that they were going in two directions. One went uh, on top of the wall to the right, toward the dung gate, the water gate, 
and the other group walked in the opposite direction towards the broad wall, the, the gate of Ephraim, uh, the Jeshana gate, the fish gate, the sheep gate, and finally the gate of the guard. At the end of the day, all of the people of Judah were able to see what the other group of people had built. It was not just about focusing on one part, but they were walking around and, and you know, like in a housewarming, uh, you go around the house and, you know, you look at the new furnishings of the house, but this was a wall warming where everybody was walking around the wall and thanking God to, to, for, for that part of the wall. Like, wow, this family did this part. We praise God. Wow, this family did this part. Wow, it's a great job. Praise God. And, and it's not like every wall was, was exactly the same because the, the wall was, uh, was in that, uh, well, it's a funny shape, that oblong, oblong kind of shape. And everybody was thankful to God for all that He had done in their midst, amen? And, and I want to just highlight this. Uh, in, in the Bible, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. And all circumstances means this, all circumstances. Whether you are having a good day or a bad day, whether you're, you're disappointed or whether you're happy, whether you're in sorrow or grieving, or even if you're rejoicing and full of joy, God asks us to be rejoicing, to be, be always full of thanksgiving. And for some of you who are here who are asking, what is God's will for my life? This is God's will for my life. It, it's the second part of the verse says that, right? Uh, for this is the will for you. Even as we give thanks, even as we praise God and we thank God for everything that He's done in our life, we will be in the middle of God's will for our lives, all right? So I just want to encourage all of us to give thanks to God, to praise God for everything that He's done in our life. I just want to share um, an example, a, a, a real story from my life, uh, from my family. So as I shared earlier, my whole family are Christians. They're all believers. Um, but this is something that we all do. During Christmas, it is like a, a, a big family reunion. So we will all gather over lunch. Um, so we'll have a, a good time of lunch uh, and we'll catch up. Um, we'll have some time of fellowship and, and maybe have some dessert after that. And, and uh, it's Christmas time, so we will bring our gifts, put it under the tree, and then after lunch and our dessert time, we will all sit around the tree, all right? And, and we'll, we'll be sitting there, and then we will realize that uh, uh, there's a lot of gifts. There's always a gift for every person that is present there. So, uh, yeah, so what happens is we'll pick up a gift. So let's say I pick up a gift, and, oh, this gift is meant for my grandma, you know, for example. So I go to my grandma, Grandma, this is for you. And what my grandma has to do is thank God for something that God has done in her life for the past year. We're at Christmas, so 51 weeks have, have gone by. So there's a lot to be thankful for uh, over, over the past year, right? So she'll pick up the gift, and even if she says, I want to thank God for this gift, it's not counted <laughs> because it needs to be something that's substantial. It needs to be something that God has done in the course of the whole year. So for example, for myself, last year, uh, what I did was I said, God, thank you for this gift. And I thank you that even though we went through that period of the miscarriage, 
but Lord, your timing was perfect. Your timing was excellent. And Lord, everything is well. So God, I praise you and I thank you. I need to be thinking about the, the, this year's uh, uh, gift as well, or, or the, this year's thankfulness as well, right? So thankfully, I've got a story that I just experienced two days ago. So I'm from Workplace at the River, and on Thursday, I'm at Wisma Maran, which is just at the bank of uh, uh, the KL River. And I'm not sure how many of you have seen the pictures and videos. KL River was overflowing. And I think a lot of, a lot of parts of KL were, were completely flooded and underwater. And you, could, you should have seen the river. It was torrential. And guess what? My car, uh, together with Pastor Samkyong's car and Aaron's car, one of our staff, we were parked right next to the riverbank, right? So that was crazy. Uh, it, was, it was scary. But even as we, we went out after the service, our car was completely dry, uh, except for rainwater. It was completely fine. Nothing had got into the car. And for myself, I was completely dry because uh, I came before the, the rain and I left after the rain. And I want to thank God for that day because He protected the car, He protected me, and He protected many of the people that came that day. So there's so many things to be thankful for, so many things to praise God and thank God for. In the same way, the people of Judah had so many things to be thankful for and to praise God for. And that's what I want to encourage all of us here this morning, there is always something to praise God and to thank God for. Um, uh, the people were giving thanks because they had completed the wall. So there is a physical manifestation of what had been done. The wall was rebuilt. The wall was completed. And even for many of us here uh, that are here physically, by the way, here at the second service, we are at full capacity with social distancing. We praise God for that. But here's what I believe, that over time, as, as COVID-19 slowly goes away, many of us will come back to church, many of us will, will gather back in the physical sanctuary of God, amen? And over time, I believe this whole place will be full once again, not just uh, with a, a, a one-third of people, but it's going to be full of people. But I want to highlight to all of us this morning that while we're going to uh, it, it feels as if you're going to go back to our previous normal, the old normal of gathering in a big group together. God is not concerned about the head count. He's concerned about our heart count, if I may use that word. And what I mean by that is He's concerned about the posture. He's concerned about the character of our heart. Where is our heart in all these situations? Is it, is it, uh, is it thank, thanking God? Is it uh, thanking God for our generations? Is it being full of gladness and joy and rejoicing? Is it giving thanks and praise to Him? What is our heart posture even right now? And even for those of us at home, uh, I want to encourage all of us here that God has a purpose and a plan and He's looking right at our hearts. Amen. So I just want to uh, highlight a couple of people here, even as I close today. So there are three group, groups that I want to highlight this morning. And the first group is this, and it's for those of you who are at home. 
And you may be at home and you may be listening to this and for various reasons, uh, you could be a high risk yourself or you could have dependents that are high risk or you could have young children uh, and you, are, you really want to come to our physical service but you are at home. And I want to bless you, I want to commend you because you are here tuning in live via YouTube, via Facebook, via our online channels. I want to bless you. I want to encourage you for taking your time to be present at service today. That's the first group. Amen. Why don't we give God a, thank, a, a clap offering, especially for those at home. Amen. But there is a second group um, of people. And these people are those of you who are right here in this sanctuary, in this auditorium. I know there's social distancing. There's one third of us here but I want to commend you. I want to bless each and every one of you that you've waded through the jam. And, and this morning it was raining. You waded through the rain to come here to service, to be here for service. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless all of you. Amen. And I also want to commend all the tech crew that were working hard right there, the camera crew, the worship team, the Levites. Amen. Thank God for all of you. You have done something for God's house. And even as you are not neglecting the gathering together, even as it says in Hebrews, the Lord will bless each and every one of you that are here and even those of you that are at home as well. But there is a third group, the last group. And you may be here, present physically, or you may be at home. And you're saying to me, there is nothing that I can be thankful about today. And you may be looking at me and say, Joel, you are a pastor. Things are fine. Things are okay for you. But you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my background. You don't know the, the things that I've done. You don't know the, the family that I live in. My business is in shambles. What is there to thank God for. Can I encourage you that there always is something to give thanks for? Remember I said earlier, give thanks in all circumstances and all means all. So I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are feeling right now, the Lord wants to be with you. I just want to read this passage um, that will encourage you. It's taken from Isaiah 61. It says, To all who mourn in Israel, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. As we close, I want to encourage all of us to be thankful to God even in this time of, of prayer and fasting, as we come to a close of prayer and fasting, and even as we, we take our cues from Nehemiah, where the people of Judah were completing the rebuilding of the wall, we want to thank God and praise God this morning. Why don't we all rise to our feet even as we sing this together? Father God, we just want to declare this morning that Lord, you are a God of generations and Lord, you desire to bless us Lord, not just to one or two generations but to a thousand generations 
So God, I pray that each and every one of us will be filled with your joy and gladness. Lord, in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our sadness, even if we may be grieving this morning, but Lord, your gladness, your joy will follow us. And Lord, last but not least, I want to pray and ask that Lord, we would have a heart of gratitude, of thank thankfulness and thanksgiving for all that you've done in our lives. There has to be something that we want to praise you for, Lord, and thank you for in our lives. So Lord, I pray that you'll separate us now with your love and with your thanksgiving in our hearts. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and grant you His shalom. Amen. God bless all of you. And for those of you who are at home, can I encourage you, if you need prayer, you can log on to the link that you see on screen and our, our pastors and leaders will be there to pray for you. And even if you're here physically, we've got a prayer corner on my right, your left. If you need prayer for any item at all, go ahead and, and the pastors and leaders will be there to pray for you. And if you're joining us and you're visiting, we'd like to welcome you to our Connect counter, which is just outside on my, my left, your right. So go ahead, connect with us and say hello. Don't run away. Thank you all for being at service today. Have a blessed week ahead. God bless.